Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Darcy Kesner-Hawkins. She is a sex, intimacy, and relationship coach and an intuitive healer. How are you doing today, Darcy? Great, and thank you for having me here. Oh, Darcy, honestly, the honor and pleasure is all mine. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here and share a bit about your personal story and journey with us here. And I'm, I'm honored and, and proud to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be there. All right. So let's jump right in. As I mentioned, you are a sex, intimacy, and relationship coach. You are an intuitive healer. You are an EFT practitioner, a podcast host of not one but two shows, a Reiki master and teacher, a massage therapist, and an ordained minister. (laughs) That is one hell of a resume, Dars. How do you prioritize and find the time to do all the things that you do? It took me a minute because I was feeling guilty when I would stray from what my mission is with my entrepreneurial business. But I realized that half of what I do is my nine to five. So everybody has a day job and the collective of what I do is my day job. And that is a massage therapist, a Reiki practitioner, a Reiki teacher, ordained minister. And I'm pretty excited that I'm going to perform a wedding next November. (laughs) So that is what I do is my nine to five and anything associated with those, I guess, my focus with those. Right. Now, as mentioned, you're also you're an EFT tapping practitioner. Now, I've heard of EFT tapping personally, but I don't understand what it's all about. Can you explain to us a little bit about EFT and tapping, what it's all about? There's one statement that I've read that's been out there is basically EFT is acupressure for emotions. Okay. And so you're looking at identifying something that has triggered you in the past. And it stays within your emotional brain for quite a while unless you process it. And it pops up every whenever it's going to pop up. So just as an example, let's say you're a fifth grader, you're getting on stage to give a speech to your classmates, the entire school. Uh-huh. The only thing holding up your pants is a belt. Right. Your belt breaks, your pants fall down. You don't really process that. You have people laughing at you. You believe everybody's laughing at you, but there's people who feel for you, but you don't see that part, right? Right. You never resolve it and it lives within your brain forever. Now you're 45 years old and you have to get up and have to speak in front of your company. You're moving up on stage and instantly that fear is triggered. You check your belt, you check your pants, but that fear is still triggered and you're a fifth grader again. Right. EFT works on keeping the blood flowing in your thinking brain and not living in your emotional brain where that that incident happened. And so 
with tapping and talking about that event and how you felt about it, it diminishes the that negative emotion surrounding the incident. So you're not triggered as much or not triggered at all. Oh, okay. Interesting. What inspired the decision for you to become certified in EFT tapping? Well, the focus was to become a certified EFT relationship coach, specializing in intimacy and sex and intimacy. So the EFT practitioner portion of it is just kind of an add-on because I am one. Right. The focus was to become that coach. Okay. Now, I've read that you have an earthy approach to healing, which empowers women to clean the shit off their shine. <laughs> so that they could shift into their brilliance. I love that tagline, by the way, Darcy. It's, I think it's amazing. What inspired that tagline? Where did it come from? <laughs> That's a good question. So I've been on a healing journey for a while and uh-huh. I have suppressed myself for there's reasons why I've suppressed myself. And as I'm coming to know my authenticity, I'm a little edgy. Okay. <laughs> so I've come to find out. And it's basically... <laughs> So it's basically cleaning the trauma shit off our authenticity, off our shine, because it just covers our shine and we are living as an imposter. And so to clean the shit off our shine allows us to connect to our divinity and connect to who we really are. And then we can shift into our brilliance, which is our purpose. And shine our light brighter. Absolutely. And as we shine brighter, of course, we connect with others who yes. are shining as well. So yes, yeah. I love it. But, but I get, yeah, I'm a shit cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Darce. Awesome. Why did you decide to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women? Did this journey begin with your own personal struggles? Yes, it did very can, much. So can you talk to us a bit about some of your struggles and experiences that you've been through? Sure. I'm going to do more of a cliff cliff version. Yep. <laughs> Reader's cliff notes. Version. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cliff notes. Thank you. No problem. Um, I was sexually assaulted when I was 10 by my step grandfather and 10 is when you pretty much finalize your core beliefs. And so part of my core beliefs came into that. I needed to hide that no one could see me because if someone saw me, then they would hurt me. I buried it because I couldn't really talk to my parents about it for a variety of reasons. And so I buried it, pretend it didn't happen, but it clearly affected my choices as I grew up. And because I didn't believe that I could protect myself and because my parents believed that I'm a 60s baby, I'm a baby boomer. So my parents wanted me to be married and have a husband take care of me. And I would be that supporting character. So I would be nurtured and taken care of. And so I fell in line with that. I loved it. Someone would take care of me. I wouldn't have to stand up for myself. Nobody could hurt me. Uh-huh. So I married my husband. Unfortunately, I wish I could have told him the truth, but we kind of grew up together. And so during that time, I became, you know, the model wife. I was, I was the model wife. He was a military member in the U S and I was the, you know, perfect military spouse. Right. We had two children and, you know, I did everything that I was supposed to, but every time I was doing it, I was out of sync. There was something off. I kept striving for something that was never within my reach and it just continued to flow that way until my mother passed away in 2008 and that was pretty much the catalyst of, do you want to continue to live like this 
or do you want to change things up? And of course, I think I was 48 at the time when she passed. So right. a little late of a realization. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Better late than never, as they say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, How did you overcome your personal struggles? Wow. A lot of pain, a lot of healing, a lot of surrendering to God to guide me in the right directions for that healing. And it's been like a stair step. I always thought I had a goal. Mm -hmm. And when I achieved that goal, it was like, God said, no, that's part of the way you got to go a little more. You got to go a little more. And that's been going on since 2011. And it's an so, ongoing process. Yes, yes. And so I've shifted into, I believe, a solid foundation now. Mm-hmm. And it's just now it's going to sprout from this foundation. Excellent. How would you say that these experiences have helped shape the Darcy you are today, do you think, both personally and professionally? Personally, I had um, felt like I was an imposter, that there was something that wasn't clicking. Mm-hmm. And that portion of it, which actually was reconnected this past May was my connection to my spirituality and realizing the things that I experienced as a young woman were fact. And with that, I was able to step in my authenticity and my confidence has just soared. And now I'm, everything is coming together, both personally and professionally. I love it. What was the catalyst then you you mentioned back in May, was there something specific that happened that kind of catapulted that discovery? I had a reading from a psychic medium and she was pretty powerful. Yeah. And she shared things with me that I hadn't spoken of in 20 years. And the minute she started bringing it up, it was like, Oh, holy crap. Yeah. Wow. This. Yeah. Yeah. Now you offer a unique perspective when it comes to your intimacy and relationship coaching business. You help women to heal into their true authentic selves. Why is this mission and work so personally important to you, Darcy? I believe that everybody, and again, I'm focusing on women, everybody needs to be in alignment, mind, body, spirit, and sensuality, because we are spiritual beings having a human experience in my belief. And that human experience encompasses having sexual relations with a partner. And if someone is um, a trauma uh, survivor, Uh they are still working on getting into speaking their authenticity in a normal setting. And sex, intimacy, those are topics that are not talked about in regular society. And so you heal yourself to a level, but they're still closing that bedroom door and walking into the bed with your partner. And there's a lot of things that hold us back from that. And I lived it. Right. Yeah. Being sexually assaulted at 10, that just skewed my whole thought process about sex and intimacy of course and yeah and it just the expectation to be a good wife Mm -hmm. meant that I had sex with my husband not that I didn't you know want to participate but there wasn't I wasn't totally present during the process right do you think that there's a shift or there has been any kind of shift in terms of normalizing the conversation around sex in society that you've seen through your coaching experience? Not really, no. No. So what do you think we can do to move that forward and start those conversations? How do we bring that to the light to light and and bring it to the forefront so that it is a comfortable conversation among people in society? 
I started my group with that. Well, initially the group is to get women comfortable talking about their trauma. And because a lot of women won't because they're in, in an imposter role and I identify with it. I was in it for decades and you don't want to admit that you're wounded Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Some of us believe that, well, that it's our, our, you know, our baggage to carry that we've been sexually assaulted and it's not something that we're going to share. We're going to become as normal as possible by burying it. And so once we have women who are comfortable talking about their trauma, such as it was, you know, they're not jumping at people coming up behind them. They don't freak out when you get a tight hug. I mean, these are just little simple things that they have to get over thinking about moving into the bedroom and talking about voicing your desires within your bedroom. When your spouse thinks that you've been happy for 20 years and you really haven't shared your voice, that's huge. Yeah. So having conversation. And I have two podcasts that I I have on the first one is transforming relationships one broadcast at a time. And that is encompassing everything that a person can experience from parenting children, parenting grandchildren, trauma, all those different aspects, but it doesn't really dive into sex and intimacy, because I wasn't sure if that audience would be ready to hear it. Right. And so I didn't want to shock the hell out of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like plain and simple. It's just, yeah. So, and as I've been on this journey, I finally, you know, my partner and I have been together for eight years mm-hmm. and just until I think it was gosh, about February yeah. that I told him what my step grandfather had done to me. Yeah. And he didn't even know about it until 2018. My ex-husband never knew about it. I wrote a book and shared part of that journey and I let my ex read it. And that's how he found out that I had been sexually assaulted. And I, you know, part of me feels like I wasn't fair to him, but that's another story. So, but as far as sex and intimacy is concerned, is that as we continue into our true self, we have to acknowledge the sensuality part of us because sensuality is so important to our, the balancing of who we are. And to know that having pleasure, you don't have to feel guilty about it. And there's Uh so many health benefits from orgasming, but you can't even have that conversation to tell about that. So that is why I talked to my partner about having the second podcast called um, Sex and Intimacy, The Naked Truth. Right. And that is having a sexual relationship with someone who is a trauma survivor. Yeah. So basically we need to start having more conversation around the topic and get people talking. Cause I mean, when you're in a group setting, I, I just think of group therapy, someone gets up and, and starts to tell their story. They initiate the whole process that in turn gives others in the group or others in that setting permission to speak as well, get up and speak their truth and their story. And it's, it's, it's like, Hey, you know what? I'm not the only one here that's dealing with this. This person dealt with mm-hmm. so that gives me the freedom to speak as well. And and the feeling of safety, because that's what it's about is feeling safe in that environment to speak and, and talk your truth and tell your story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, that's the reason for the genesis of the group that I have, which is called From Shit to Shift badass women rocking their transformation, Love it. which gives them, you know, it, it empowers them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then just, I'm trying to gradually bring them in there to get them comfortable about talking about it all. So I think I'm like nine months since the group formed and I'm yeah. slowly going to integrate conversation about 
sex and, you know, ease them into it. Right. Right. It's it's so important to have that discussion. And where can women find that group? It's on Facebook. It is, gosh, it's on Facebook and it's called From Shit to Shift. If you just search that in groups, it'll pop up. Perfect. Okay. Or if you just put in badass, I bet it's going to pop up too. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) So Darcy, out of all the hats you wear, which one is your favorite one to put on? Which work do you get the most enjoyment out of? I don't think it's per my hat. Uh The underlying foundation, if you will, is helping women. And so that is what is my favorite, whatever I may be doing, teaching them Reiki, because having Reiki on a, your tool belt is huge because then you can send healing energy to yourself. It's also the genesis of your movement into spirituality and it awakens you, it connects you. And it's really profound after you have your first attunement into Reiki one, and you don't even have to go any further than that. Yeah. And just have Reiki one with that connection. So there's that. And then there's Ho'oponopono where you connect to your divinity and you connect to God. Massage is of the same ilk with uh-huh. me as a massage therapist because I connect to source of energy because I'm a conduit for healing, right? right. I'm not a healer per se, okay. although it's easier for other people to understand. So everything that I do is if it helps one woman to yeah. move forward on her path, then I am just, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. It's all under the one umbrella of helping women, basically. Yes. Yes, it is. When working with your clients, do you integrate your multiple facets and skill sets into your sessions when you're working with them? Yes. It's coming into a session and asking them, what do you want to work on? And dependent on what they're sharing. And of course, there's an intuitive piece knowing if there's something else that we're supposed to be headed to, then we'll start. And it would say 50% of it is conversation. And that is to get below that layer that they're coming into me as because they're afraid to dive deeper into it. And so we gently dive deeper to find out what the source is. What is it would you say that inspires you the most about the work that you do? There's two levels, two ways that I look at it. One is knowing that I'm helping women move Uh into their, along their, to their divine purpose, that they are coming into confidence and touching their authentic self and getting them to that point and then watching them heal by themselves, reach out to other people. That is just, it is so powerful. The other part of it is knowing that my divine purpose is to bring all the, once everyone has cleared the shit off their shine, (laughs) so that that their shine can be seen. And Mm -hmm. not only is it seen by themselves, but the people that they are around. Because when you are connected to your shine, to your authenticity, your confidence comes up, your posture changes, how you carry yourself where you have light and smile coming out of your eyes and on your face, it just changes and people are come, are attracted to you. And they don't know necessarily why at the onset, uh-huh. but they eventually figure it out and they want to shift into that as well. And so it's that nationwide global mission that this spreads, that this feminine consciousness is coming up. So it balances between masculine and feminine energies within ourselves, our communities and further out. Beautiful mission. I love it. Now, as you mentioned, you host two podcasts. 
Can you talk to us a little bit more about them and why you decided to launch the two and where people can find them and listen to them? Right now, both podcasts live on my personal Facebook page, but they're all public. Um, I'm migrating them very, very slowly (laughs) (laughs) to YouTube for the transforming relationships. And then the sex and intimacy will be truly a podcast that I hope to get out. It will live on my, um, my uh, website, which is www.darcykessnerhawkins.com. And so they will live there for the podcast and I'll probably put links to the YouTube videos as well on the website, but everything is kind of a work in progress because I hit a point where everything just expanded rapidly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. What did you give up to get to where you are today? What did you have to sacrifice? I don't think I sacrificed anything really. Because, you know, through all the challenges that we have, Mm -hmm. as if we live in each individual challenge and which we should feel those feels, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but you shouldn't live there. Right. So if we're fighting against, you know, if I'm angry at my abuser, for example, and Mm -hmm. I was for a long time, if I'm angry at my abuser for what he did, I would still be living in the past. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be where I am now reaching out to women who have experienced the same thing. So I sacrificed my innocence or I lost my innocence. Yeah. Someone took it from me. But if I it continue to be angry, that doesn't mean I forgive the child that he was because something happened to him mm-hmm. for him to do this. Right. And I forgive that, but I don't forgive the action. So there's right. a difference. Yeah. You know, he still had a choice and he made a poor choice. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So I don't think I've really sacrificed. I accept the challenges, the lessons learned because it is going to, and I've, you know, it's really been cemented in recently is that these lessons are coalescing into my wisdom and authority Uh to continue moving forward. If you could go back and change anything about how you did things, would you? No. No. Okay. Nope. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? My sense of humor. (laughs) I believe in the power of laughter 150%. I didn't realize that I believed it as much as I do, but I have a friend who told me, she goes, you're funny. And I said, what? I'm funny. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) I am. (laughs) So (laughs) I know it's right. What? And there's such power in laughter as well. And, you know, there's health benefits and the Mayo Clinic just put out an article recently that supports uh-huh. this, you know, intuitively, I've always known Hawaiian healing is big on laughter. And, you know, the Kumu that I was following, I mean, he just big belly laughs, you get those big belly laughs going and it's, and it's so important that, you know, it raises, especially when I'm working with someone who's in the grip of the trauma and to help them transition back is to bring back something that lightens the load. I'm not saying come out and start laughing, but there's a gentle transition into something else so they can connect to right here and right now versus the trauma that they're sitting in. So that portion of it integrated with the work that I do is, is so powerful. So laughter truly is the best medicine. 100%. It is. It is. Speaking of success, Darcy, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Wow. Personal success is if I touch one person 
and they have an aha moment and they transition into their true path and recognize where they're at and, and want to continue there. There's a lot of people who feel like that something is off. And mm-hmm. if I can provide that aha moment, then that is success for me. Beautiful. I guess one person at a time. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? I learned that I didn't have to be scared anymore. And I lived in fear. All my decisions were based on fear of one sort or another for most of my life. I learned that to give it up to God and surrender to God is, and listen and look for the messages that come down is very powerful. And so once I relinquished that, then it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I was able to see more clearly action more effectively and identify what my beliefs are and move forward with it. So it's, it's really powerful for me to say, I release the fear, which is coming into and and accepting my divinity. What would you say is one of the biggest turning points in your life and how did it affect you? I guess the biggest turning point in my life was when my mother passed and the realization was that I could live the life I was living unhappy. And I mean, just live out my days unhappy and not making an impact, or I could make a change as scary as it was, I could make a change and find out what, what the future was for me. And so my mother, bless her heart, my dad passed 10 years before she did. Uh And she just existed for 10 years. Wow. Change is a very scary thing for a lot of people, for everybody. I mean, it's a hard thing to embrace, but, and I think a big part of that shift is mindset for sure around. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, that's tough. That's tough for everybody. It's, it's a hard thing to do, but once you do it, your whole world changes. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. It's yeah I need to have some truth there. <laughs> <laughs> Darcy, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Hmm. Connecting with people, connecting and being impactful, you know, and whatever I do, I want it to be something you know, and I hate using the word, I shouldn't say hate, hate is a bad word, overusing the word positive, Yeah. right? Because there is toxic positivity. But being in that space where, you know, I could be the missing chunk in their life to have them move forward instead of slumping back, that they can recall, especially some of the people that I coach, I had one gal share that she thinks of me of how I make her feel, not necessarily the words I share, but how I make her feel. And that kind of jumpstarts her in doing different things throughout her day. Mm -hmm. And so that was really powerful. So that is, that's really inspiring to me. That reminds me of the Maya Angelou quote, where she says, people will remember what you say, or people will forget what you say, but they'll, I know there's more to it, but people will always remember how you made them feel. And that's it right there. Yeah. Ironically, she quoted me that quote. (laughs) (laughs) What does the word empowerment mean to you, Darcy? It means that you know all your gifts and talents 
and that you action them in a way that aligns with your purpose, your divine purpose. And I believe everybody has a divine purpose. However, it manifests within their life. It could be that someone is, let's say someone who picks up trash and they're, you know, they could, there's an older woman coming with the trash can and he helps her and that just brightens up her day. Uh It can, it's those things. It's those human interactions that shows the love that is coming from someone's heart space. You say that you believe everyone has a purpose, but not everybody finds their purpose, right? Which is horribly sad when you think about it, that so many people go through life working at a job they hate or doing something that they hate. I mean, you think about the amount of time we spend working in our lives and the fact that so many people spend all of that time doing shit that they hate doing. It's really- There it is. It's sad when you think about it. It's yeah, it is very sad, but fear overtakes them. Mm. And that fear is so powerful that they, what I believe is everybody is their own healer and everybody Mm. is psychic to a degree. Okay. They're they're just not aware. And it's the same thing of being aware of your true foundation. And that foundation also includes that you're worthy. The minute that one is born, you are Mm -hmm. born worthy And nothing that happens to you or for you changes that worthiness. You are worthy. We're all worthy the same level. There is no one higher or lower, but it's living in the 3D or living with the culture that you have, the family that you have builds up that foundation in the here and now and Mm -hmm. is to get past that foundation, which is usually built with fear is getting past that foundation to find your true divinity and your true self is to be able to see, Oh, I do have a purpose. This is, and it could be what you're already doing, but until you touch it, you won't know there could be. And with that touching, you develop a different kind of confidence. Yeah. And you're more impactful. So do you believe that you, you found your purpose then working with women and that that's your purpose and your mission in life, right? That is part of it. Yes. And how long There's, does it take you to find it? <laughs> right. It took, it took a long time, time, right? Yeah. At least 30 years, at least yeah. 30 years. Yeah. And, but it, but see, I don't know, it just, it breaks my heart to think that there are so many people out there who never find and are able to live out their purpose. It really does. But I think the diff, you know, I, I appreciate your empathy for others, but the thing is, is your actioning your mission, whether you knew it at the beginning or not, by producing this podcast. Uh-huh. And because you produce the podcast, you're reaching out to those who have a more passive approach to finding their divine purpose. And so this empowers them in a way that will continue to build until such time as they're ready to have an aha moment. Interesting way of looking at it. I like that. You're a it smart is, cookie, Dars. <laughs> <laughs> On my good days, I am. <laughs> Other right. days I could be considered a smart ass, but well, go. <laughs> we all have those days, right? <laughs> right, right, right. How would you like to be remembered? I don't think I personally, well, for my family, they better remember me, but you know, I would hope so. Children, <laughs> yeah. my children and my grandchildren, but I don't think I personally want to be remembered. I want the movement to be remembered. Which is isn't that really remembering you because you're the one who created the movement. You started the movement. So a legacy, so to speak, right? You you started it. It wouldn't have started without you. 
True, true. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time moving into acceptance of compliments. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> do, like- Dars. I know you do. <laughs> you need to work on that. I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Brilliant. <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Be kind. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Connection to self. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Elimination of ego. Entrepreneur life is? Quite the roller coaster. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) What is one of your favorite quotes? To the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Love that one. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Holy shit, here she comes. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? Right now, it would be Firework by Carrie Perry. Okay. And last, yes. lastly, for the rapid fire section, if you came with a warning <laughs> label, what would yours say? Say, watch out, you will be transformed. Love it. Our rapid fire section has concluded. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. (laughs) (laughs) Darcy, what's your personal motto? I have two basic tenets that I live by, and that is be kind and do no harm. So I'm not sure I have that as a motto, but that's what I live by. Okay. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Wow. This could be very controversial, but it would be my abuser. Really? Yeah, because he changed the course of my life. Well, yeah, that's that's true. You know, and then next to that, of course, God has been always there as my spirit guides and angels to help me through this. But, you know, as a human being, he would have been the biggest person to make, you know, to make that impact in my life. Uh So I don't know who I would be had he not abused me. Right. What would your friends or parents, siblings, your closest friends in life list as a couple of your best characteristics, would you say? I would say compassionate, dependable, loving, caring, approachable. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Darcy, if you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world alive or dead, who would it be and why? Hmm. That's a hard one. Cause there's a, like a, a selection of people I want to talk to. <laughs> like, I guess the first one would be Gandhi. Huh? Yeah, just to get the perspective of global love and uh-huh. to understand, you know, just how his divine downloads came in and how to move forward with that thought process to bring us all together as one people. Love it. What would you say has been an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? All the like-minded people that I've come across since starting this journey, and you are one of them. Thank you, Darcy. I appreciate that. That means more than you know to me. Thank you. You're welcome. What does the best version of you look like when you close your eyes and imagine it? That I am in a place where people, not only women, come to hear me speak, not out of 
ego, but because of the message that I have for them and that it sparks that aha moment. I see a stage and what your course during COVID times is a little hard to do. (laughs) In your mind's eye, you see it. (laughs) Yes, yes. And connecting on that personal level as much as I can to inspire. Yeah. What would you say is one of your biggest failures or we'll call them life lessons or teachable moments? And what did you learn from that? I don't think it was one incident. It's a series of incidents. It's where I would start something and I would stop before it came to fruition because I didn't have, I didn't believe in myself to let it continue. And just on the other side of it, it would have been very successful. And so that is one of my biggest lessons learned. So with this journey, I've not let up and it's, it's coming together like it's supposed to. So you've overcome that then that, Mm -hmm. that roadblock. It's it's, like, it's not my timing. It's divine timing. And there you go. You you can't make divine timing move. That's right. (laughs) It was meant to happen now, not previously, not before you learned that lesson. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you tell me about a moment in your life when a person's kind, or sorry, tell me about a moment when a person's kindness made a difference in your life? I have the best story ever. Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) Lay it on me. So (laughs) before I became aware or awakened, right, Uh I was still caught up in the normal nine to five life and I was raising my kids and they were typical teenagers, bless their pointed heads. So I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have gems of little Darcyism. (laughs) I love it. So I was leaving out of my driveway to go to work. And there was, as I you know, started up my street and still in my housing area, I see this woman coming towards me, walking her dog. Didn't know who she was, still don't know who she was. And this was a good 20 years ago, at least. Okay. And so I'm, I'm irritated because the kids did something the night before and I'm carrying this irritation to work. And there she is. And all of a sudden, and of course you can't see this on the podcast, but she's with her dog. She is jumping up and down with her arms going up and down and with this big grin on her face. And when I catch her attention, she starts waving at me with both hands and says, good morning. She mouths good morning to me. I busted up. I laughed so hard all the way to work and that carried me through the day. And that could have been, you know, the catalyst for me to enjoy laughing so much, but she was so enthused just to tell me hello and good morning. I don't know if she sensed it, saw my face. And I assume she was waving at me in a normal way, like one handed to say good morning. I wasn't. That's how you saw it. (laughs) And then she is jumping up and down. Like she's doing jumping jacks. Just, I love it. It was the the best thing ever. But that just goes to show you how far kindness can go and how much a smile can do for you, for any human yeah. being. It's something so simple. And this, this boggles my mind with the whole kindness thing and, and us as human beings having such a hard time wrapping our heads around the concept of being kind to other human beings. I I cannot for the life of me figure out why this is so hard for people. Because of fear. It's all boils down to fear. And someone shared with me once, and I believe it, that there's two emotions, fear and love. Okay. And so there's a fear that you're going to take advantage of me. There's a fear that I'm going to make a fool out of myself. There's a fear that I shouldn't do what I'm going to do. And so with that fear, that's our armor as we go out and socialize. Mm-hmm. And so you look at a person's face, 
let me just say that sometimes I have a resting bitch face. <laughs> so it's just, you, you can edit that out. <laughs> so, and I'm thinking and I don't pay attention to my facial expression, you know, and so that if I try to carry a smile on my face, no matter what I'm doing, then I get smiles back in return. And it's right. not that I don't have love coming out of my heart. I just have no control over my face. Right. So as you're walking, it was um, yesterday. Was it yesterday? No. It was Sunday uh-huh. that I had gone to a place that was, there was a large number of people okay. and this woman was coming, walking towards me and she had this really, you know, stoic looking face. And then I smiled at her, you know, uh-huh. cause we were both not wearing masks right. um, because vaccinated and all that other good stuff. And so once I smiled at her, her whole face lit up and you know, it was just like, it's just that it's just, yeah. you know, they're afraid to approach people because you don't know what the reaction is going to be. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Darcy, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Wait for divine timing. (laughs) (laughs) Simple to the point, although not a simple concept. It's we are impatient people. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) Lastly, Darcy, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Do everything in love, be love share love and that because that's all there is i love that beautiful darcy thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us here on the empowerography podcast you've been a member of the empowerography family for quite a while and i just want you to know that i appreciate you and it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and learning a bit more about your journey thank you brad thanks for having me and i've enjoyed being in the the community it's very powerful Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Darcy Kesner-Hawkins. She is a sex, intimacy, and relationship coach. Thanks so much, Darcy. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too. Thanks. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.